I wanted to continue on the home, but I really felt redirected this morning that some people need encouraged not to back up, not to back off, not to back out. Just because things look tough, feel tough, you know that it's going to be tough, that it's going to be a battle against your mind, against your flesh to do what God's telling you to do. So I I titled it, Don't Back Up. Don't Back Up. And I want to go all the way back to the book of Exodus. And I'm just going to take you there in thought for a little while. And then we'll read some scripture. But the story goes over books. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So, you know, obviously I don't have time to cover all those with you. But in Exodus, God hears the cry of his people. And the children of Israel are being held uh, captive. They've, be, they've been enslaved. Most of you, even from childhood, know the story of Pharaoh, right? All the VBS teachers can sing Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Thank you. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, let my people go. Moses goes in. God sends Moses in, who is a, is a type of Jesus, a Savior. And he goes in to deliver them and to lead them out. And he doesn't just lead them out of captivity. He is to lead them into the promised land. And so this is beautiful to me because God didn't just, he doesn't just want to bring you out of your situation. Good to have you in from Texas. Uh, He doesn't just bring you out of your situation. He's bringing you into his situation. And that helps me. If you're a drug addict, he's not just bringing you out to where you're just not using drugs. He has a life for you. If you're in a bad marriage, he's just not trying to help you to survive a bad marriage. He's here to help you come into what he's promised you. If you're raising kids and they look like they're going every direction but in God's direction, he's not just trying to get you through till they're 18. He has a plan for you. We know that from Jeremiah, right? He has a plan for you. It's a plan that's full of hope, and it's a plan for a future. So Moses is going in not just to save them and then say, have a happy life, which is what we do a lot of times as Christians. We get people saved, and then we're just like, you're saved. You're not going to hell. Congratulations. Enjoy hell on earth. In your marriage, on your job, in your physical body, in your mental health. That is not what God has in mind. He is a complete God. And his salvation is complete. And there is no no good thing lacking in it. And so Moses goes in to deliver them and to lead them out and to lead them to what God himself called a land that flows with milk and honey. Now I don't know about y'all, but that sounds good. That does not sound horrible to me. You can go back and you can read that in Exodus 3 and verse 8 where God talks about the land that flows with milk and honey. Now, a lot of people, when you talk about the promised land, um, and I'm talking about Christians, a lot of them think that that's heaven, Lynn. They're just going to wait until God brings them into the promised land. Well, there's just one problem with that. The promised land was full of the enemy. Heaven is not going to have that problem. So we can't be talking about heaven here. 
What we're talking about is the life that Jesus Christ died to give you. It's the garden life that Adam and Eve gave up to a cursed being, and therefore curses are in the earth. Therefore, there's an enemy in the earth. Therefore, weeds come up in your garden before the carrots come up in your garden. Up, You know what I mean. Right? So there's this thing that just happens by default. The curse just happens by default. If you don't choose something different, the curses are what come up in your life. Well, I don't understand why that happened to some. I don't understand why that happened to you. I don't... We live in a cursed earth. But there is a way to live through and above the curses. And that's faith in Jesus Christ. It's faith in his finished work. A lot of people think God's still up there making decisions of what to do in their life. Not so. Most of the time, not so. Most of the things that he has are already completed in Jesus Christ. All of them are completed, but sometimes you need specific instruction in specific situations. So here we go. This isn't heaven. This is, actually, this is our promised land. Right here. Your Bible. So in that same verse in Exodus 3, 8, God tells Moses about all the ites. Okay? The Hittites, the Canaanites, I mean, there's Jebusites, there's all these ites, uh, enemies. God tells them that, tells Moses that from the get-go. This is not a surprise over in Numbers where we're going to end up at when they go in and they find all the ites. God's already told them. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, and there the Canaanites live, and there the ites, and those ites, and these ites. But God doesn't make a big deal out of it. He just says it. So you got knowledge. The ites are there. When you go in to possess what I've given you, the ites are there. When you go in to possess your healing that Jesus bore stripes for, just know when you go in to possess that, the ites are there. When you go after that marriage that you've always longed for, that you've always wanted, you're going to stand on God's word, and you're going to do it according to his principles, just know... Right now, the ites are there. But don't back up. Don't back up. The promise is bigger than the enemy. Let me tell you why the promise is bigger than the enemy. Because the one responsible for the promise is greater than the enemy. That's God. That's God. And so when we start looking at ourselves and we start looking at the enemy, we've got a problem. But when we look at God and start looking at the enemy, we don't have a problem. We just want to, I can't do this anymore. We're in a situation, we face, we face an enemy to the promise, and, and we find ourselves mentally tired. And, and I told Rusty last week, I said, okay. I'm not going to say that I'm tired of this anymore. It wasn't, wasn't about our marriage, okay? <laughs> wasn't about our marriage. It was about a situation that you y'all all know of that we fought a very long time. And I said, I'm not saying it anymore. Because God told me to get rid of the calendar, right? Y'all remember that message. Told me to get rid of the calendar. To quit looking at how long, right? And so we've got to be careful 
that we don't let our words start backing us out of the promise. And that's exactly, you can, you can tell if you're backing up because your words will start backing up. They won't line up with what he said anymore. This will all come together in a minute, okay? So Moses goes, okay, here we go. We're headed to the promised land. We've got these. We've got uh, the Red Sea. We got uh, manna coming down from heaven. We got quail. We got God bringing water from a rock to feed to water millions of people. We got a fire by night. We got a cloud by day. We have got some amazing things going on that God's doing. You would think after all these things, we would believe God. I mean, I look back at what God's done in my life, and how could I ever doubt him? Just the fact that I'm here. The fact that I'm standing right here. Why would I ever doubt him? Well, that, when that happens, it's when we start looking at ourselves and we quit looking at the promise giver. They finally make it to the land of Canaan. Years and years, you know, you know the story. The land God told them that he would give them. The promise, the destination. And in Numbers 13, he tells them, actually this wasn't the years and years part. This is when they first get there. And he tells them, he said, all right, I need a, I need a guy from each tribe, as God instructed. I need a guy from each tribe to go in and explore what God has given us. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what you do every time you pick up the word. Every time you pick up that scripture and you go in and you read it, you are going into the promised land and you are exploring what God has given you, the territory, the life that God has given you to walk in. So these guys, these 12, go in. One explorer from each tribe. Ten, it says, bring back what they call an evil report. Two, bring back a good report. Now, it's kind of funny because what, what God calls an evil report, it was there. They come back and they said, there's all these ites. There's all these ites. Let me see if I, did I put that one in your notes? Oh, yes, I did. Go to Numbers 13, verse 27. I did put it in there. This is so, y'all, this is so what we're tempted to do. that I, I don't want us to look at them bad. I want us to make sure that we're not following their example in the 10. Verse 27, it says, Then they told Moses, We went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless... You know what they're saying? But. And what does that word but do? Changes everything that's been said before. So we've been there. This is what I hear people say. I know what the word says, but. You know what they're saying? I've been in. I've seen the fruit. But. You know what you're doing? You are backing out of the promised land. Every time you put that word in there, you are backing out. Don't let me back into something. If you go stop, I'm going to stop. 
Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land. So they're going from what God's showing them to what they're seeing with their natural eyes. They're going from what God told them and what God showed them. They're seeing the fruit of God's words. They're seeing it. But then they're shifting their focus from what God's showing them to what they're seeing with their natural eyes. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, whoo, man, they're strong. You should have seen how big these guys were. I mean, they're from the giants. And the, the cities are fortified. They're very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there. There's, these people dwell in the south. These ites dwell on the mountains. And these ites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb, which was one of the two who gave a good report, he quieted the people before Moses. Shut up. At Arkansas. Caleb said, shh, shut your mouth. Stop saying what you're saying. Don't get on to me to that. I'm telling you, Caleb probably said, shut up. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to possess it. He went in too. He saw the same things that they saw, but there was a difference. He chose to see what God showed him instead of what he was seeing in the physical. And he said, let's go up right now. Let's take this land. God gave it to us and let's possess it. This is faith. When we go more by what God said than what we feel and what we see, what we hear, what we're experiencing. But the men who had gone up with him said, Oh, no, we're not able. We're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Oh. Hey, see yourself. Hey, see yourself. How do you, how do you see yourself? How do I see myself? How do I see my marriage? How do I see my health? How do I see my children? How do I see my job? How do I see my finances? How do I see myself? Because either God has your attention and you see yourself according to his word... Or you're seeing yourself according to your circumstances. It's only two choices we have. Here we are. We are at the promised land. We're there. We've arrived, Mike. We're there. We're at the destination. 
And now we're going to talk ourselves out of it. You ever talked yourself out of healing or talked yourself out of a blessing because you started looking at yourself in the wrong light? God's delivered them from slavery. We've got all of the Exodus miracles, experiences of God's provision. We get to the border of the promised land. We even dip our feet in and we look at the circumstances and look at the opposition and start backing up. And see, we can laugh at them. We can go, oh, that's stupid. But y'all, I've done it. I've I've done it before. So Caleb and Joshua, the two spies who gave the good report, who chose what God had said, had to hold their faith till everybody else, till the older generation died off. That's a faith that remains. I'm telling you, these boys were sold on what God told Moses and what Moses told them. They were sold on it to the point that they had to hold on to that faith and wait Don't you get tired. Don't you get weary in well-doing. Don't you start looking at backing out and backing up. Because slavery, they literally said to Moses, Did you bring us out here to die? We should get a leader to lead us back into slavery. Oh, because that was a thrill. Because they were dying working for Pharaoh. Literally falling out dead. They said, well, at least there we got a pot of porridge. God's been feeding you quail, mister. And and manna fell from heaven. Water came from a rock. But see, when we start looking at ourselves, sometimes it's just easier to return to our own vomit than to go to the banquet table that God has prepared for us. And I'm telling you, this morning... Don't back up because where you're headed, it is worth. It is worth facing the opposition. And see, it's not us having to fight the devil. He's defeated. Jesus already whooped him. It it says that we're to be aware of him because of his deceit, because of his tricks. King James Version, the wiles of the devil. It's not real power. It's what he's making you think you see. And you know, when you see something that doesn't line up the word, just look at it and say, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a deceiver. You're trying to get me to take a bait so that you can entrap me and lead me back into slavery. When I read this, I I just, I get so angry at these people and I'm just I just want to shake them and say can you not see going back to slavery but yet I've gone back to things more than once so you know I think he's this is just an encouragement don't start backing up never back up never back out of what God's promised these people became aware that it was going to take effort to walk in the promises of God. 
the ites were there. And you may come in and you may go, oh, I don't understand this faith message thing. Just stick with us. <laughs> Just stick with us. Yes, it takes effort. But you know what? When, when, when Moses died and, and Joshua led the people in, and hmm, we got to go there. Go with me to, go to uh, Joshua 14. Because I want you to see the tenacity of faith. And we often talk about Joshua. Let's talk about Caleb just a minute. Joshua and Caleb's focus was on what God said and not what their eyes saw. And, and because of that, they saw things totally different. And even after all these years of waiting... Uh, wandering around in the wilderness with all these doubters, they were able to keep on believing. And that's just amazing to me. Because you, if you're surrounded by a bunch of doubters, it can be contagious. And you really have to protect uh, what you see from God. You have to protect that image. And so here we are. Uh, Joshua and Caleb have led them into the promised land, the new generation into the promised land. And in verse 6, um, Caleb is talking to Joshua, and he's, I'm reading out of the NIV. He said, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. How old was he? 40, when he was sent to explore the land. And I brought him back a report According to my convictions, King James Version, according as it was in my heart. Not what I saw with my eyes, but according as I saw it in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. You know how they did that? With their words. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Still true. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, and while Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. He never backed off what God promised him. Though everybody else melted with fear, he didn't back off what God had promised him. That's longevity of faith is a beautiful thing, y'all. Now he's 85 years old. Verse 11. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. People over 50, let's go. Let, I mean, come on. Caleb said, I am just as able to take that land now. You know why? Not because he worked out. He'd been walking for 40 years. I'm sure he was getting plenty of cardio. So it was because he was that strong on the promise that God had given him. That's how, how strong he was. 
I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this mountain. Oh, that's a mountain. That's a big mountain. No, you're looking wrong. I'm just as strong as when God made the promise to me. I am just as vigorous as when I first set out to fight this battle. That's a change from what we're saying. This is how we should sound. And I know this message was for me, but I got a feeling it was for a couple other people out here too. We're, no, we are just as strong when, as when we started this, and we are just as vigorous when we entered this battle. So you bring the mountain. You bring the, I, I, I'm not giving up on that mountain God promised me. I'm not giving up on that health God promised me. I'm not giving up on that marriage God promised me. I'm not giving up on these children that God gave me. I'm not giving up on my desire to fulfill the promise of God that says that he has blessed me to the point that I have to give to every single good work. I'm just as strong. I'm just as vigorous. That vigorous, that's, that's more than just strength. That's, a, that's an excitement and a willingness and a, hey, let's go get it. We need that back in the good fight of faith instead of well, I'm just fighting the good fight of faith. You sound like Eeyore. <laughs> Give me the mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the ites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Did they fight battles when they entered into the promised land? Yes. The whole walls of Jericho thing, anybody remember that? But you know, did they fight the battle or did they fight the battle? I'll walk around a wall a couple of times. That's great. The wall fell down right in front of them and each man went before him and possessed what was his to take. Did they fight the battle? Yes, kind of. They did what God told them and the walls fell down in front of them and they were able to take what God said was theirs. The good fight of faith is not just called the good fight of faith because we win. It's called the good fight of faith because he's helping us fight the good fight of faith. Because my flesh gets tired and my mind gets tired if I don't keep my eyes and my words my thinking correct and when we get tired that's when we quit I've seen it time and time and time and time again in my own life and in other people's lives when we start talking about how tired we are we are we are looking for a place to land and quit y'all ready to get that tired work word out of our vocabulary again I have to to re-preach this to myself quite often This is how we fight the good fight of faith that 1 Timothy 6 talks about. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of. That means seize it. Possess it. 
take hold of eternal life. Do you know your eternal life already started? Eternal life doesn't just mean heaven. You were an eternal being even before you got born again. But you entered into eternal life the day you accepted Jesus as Lord. Lay hold on what that means. Eternal life. Whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Keep your profession, your confession good. Never back off of it. Never back out of it. It's not that there's not opposition to the promise of God. He's told us. He's told us that there is. It's not that you don't have to do anything. But the good thing is what we have to do is to listen and do what he instructs us to do. We don't have to win the battle. The battle is the Lord's. First Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert. Be very aware. He's fixing to, he's, he wants you to be aware of what's happening around you. Your enemy, the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion. And he's looking for someone that he can devour. We say that a lot. Verse 9. Resist him. Resist him. You don't have to whoop him. Jesus already whooped him. You resist him. Resist him. Don't accept what life is throwing at you if it does not line up with the Word of God. Resist it. Put pressure against what's pressuring you. Speak the Word to it. Say what the Word says about it. Put pressure on back on what the enemy is putting in your ear. You put the pressure back on him by saying, it is written. That's what Jesus did. Every single time Satan would come to him and start mouthing, start putting temptations in front of him. That's what he came back with. It's what Adam and Eve should have did. They didn't, but it's what we know what to do now. And put that pressure back on him. Because he comes as a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. That doesn't sound like it's backing up. Standing firm does not sound like it's backing out or backing up. It's standing firm because you know that this isn't unusual. There's people suffering everywhere. And we get in the molly grubs. That really sounds like something my granny would have said. <laughs> Doesn't it, Lynn? We get in self-pity and we start looking at our weakness, our inability. But you know, the Apostle Paul went through a lot of things. If you think you've had a bad day, just go read about him. I mean, shipwrecks, snake bites. Y'all know I don't do snakes. Stonings, prison, 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 multiple times. Prison, and it, this wasn't Pope County detention either. This was prison. John and I have been visiting Pope County a lot uh, the last couple of months, and I don't want to be in there, but I certainly don't want to be where Paul was. And, and yet, he rejoiced in his infirmity because he said, when I am weak, 
then am I strong. You know what he knew? That when he came to the end of himself, he had something bigger. He had something bigger. He had something bigger. You've got something bigger. You may be tired in your marriage, but you've got something bigger. You may be tired on your job, but you've got something bigger. You may be tired of fighting this fight. Same fight. Same habit. But you've got something bigger. So you just look at your weakness when the devil tells you, mm, you're not strong enough to beat this one more time. This is the last time. This is it. Can't do it anymore. And you say, you're right. Meet Jesus. Meet Jesus. Because I'm not in this alone. I'm not in this alone. He gave me his word. His promises are sure. And I am sure not backing off of this. I'm not backing away from the territory that he has marked out for me. You'll know if it's marked out for you if you can find it in the scripture. That's how you know if it's something you can believe for. He's given you a very plain map. And he has a life there. A lifestyle there mapped out for you. And he wants you to walk in it. Amen. Praise God. Y'all can stand with me. I hope you're encouraged this morning. I, man, I'm thankful. (laughs) I'm thankful he gives it to me before he gives it to y'all. That way I get it twice. Because we need it. You know, we just need encouraged. Man, I want to pray for people this morning. Y'all, if Wes, Wes, will you come up to the keyboard? I just want to let that tiredness out. I'm me. (laughs) I want to just exhale that tiredness out. Receive that strength this morning that comes from his word. uh, That builds me up. That gives me courage. Encourages me. When the world out there is discouraging you. He's here to encourage you. Go ahead, Wes. And if, 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 I know we, a lot of times we come up here, but today I just feel led to do it a little different. Just close your eyes and enter in as, as Wes is playing and just let me deal with some people, okay? Because I, sometimes even our mates don't know what we're going through. So I just want to make it real, real plain. And the only reason that we ask or ever ask for a stand-up, hand up acknowledgement is because there's a power in it when you say God I'm right here (laughs) Uh, that's me and I'm right here because if you just sit there and 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 you just think it I don't know it's there's something about setting your will and saying hello God here I am so if you're if you're just dealing with a if you've been saying, God, I'm tired of this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how much longer I can, I can do this. If, if that's the, the spirit of your life, that your life has been stuck in for the, for the last few weeks, just give me a quick hand up. Just look at me so I know that, that I see you. And that, Okay. So, Father, we pray over these that have heard your word today. Father, your word is anointed has nothing really to do with me other than I'm, I get to be a mouthpiece. But there is the power in your word to bring strength to the believer, 
to bring strength to those that are tired and those that are weary, to those that are trying to figure out the next move and what to do. And Father, right now, those that had their hands up, we just exhale that. We just exhale that feeling. And we let it go. We crucify it. We let it go. Because on the inside of us is the greater, is the promise giver. And He is the one that is responsible to make the promise good to the one that believes. And today, the people that they had their hands up, they're ready to reestablish that we're not backing off and we're not backing out of what you told us in your word. We are going to stand firm and we are going to proceed as you give us instruction in what to do. And when we do what you tell us to do, there is no failure. And I speak strength. I speak strength and peace. Father, we're in your atmosphere this morning. And we get to take that out of here into our situations. And we call for shalom, complete, nothing missing peace. We receive it, not because we have to feel it, but because we choose not to back off of what you have promised us. And we say peace. And when the roaring lion is making all kinds of fuss and saying all kinds of things, we have an answer. That mountain's mine. That mountain's mine. And there's not an ite in this world that can get me to back off from receiving what God has provided for me. There's not an ite out there that's strong enough to overcome my Savior because this isn't my fight. It's my job to to walk into the territory that he's already won, to push the enemy out and say, you can't be here anymore. You can't live here in my thoughts anymore. You can't live here in my body Anymore, This is God territory, and it's been given to me. It's mine by right. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Get out. Flee. Tormenting thoughts. Anxiety. Bad dreams at night pressure get out we're in God's territory and we're not leaving it slavery is not what we want and we'll not be deceived to back off we thank you for it we choose it by faith we choose it by faith we praise you even when we don't feel it because we have chosen to remain and we have chosen to believe and we'll walk in the land of the living living, fully living and we thank you for it in Jesus name and the church said